You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, and more precisely, welcome to episode 98. And we are getting ever closer. We are inching through the biblical narrative, but we're also rapidly approaching episode 100, and we're going to try and do something special for you guys. And we're thinking we're going to try and have another crack at that uh, that live video uh, episode. Um, we we kind of ran into some technical difficulties last time, but hopefully we'll we get those ironed we, out. We kind of just hey, that's a good analogy for today's episode. Like we mm. did we did that episode, and uh, people don't know this, but behind the scenes there were a lot of technical difficulties that we figured out like just a second ago when you and I were talking pre-show that we think we know what happened. And today yeah. today we're going to talk about something we've already covered because there's some stuff to talk about that we didn't think to talk about last time. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is kind of an interesting uh, kind of episode for us because normally, just to for you listener to peel back the curtain a little bit, the way we normally do these things is that we sit down and we kind of talk about you know, what the text says and maybe the direction we're going to go. Like we don't rehearse by any means, but we just kind of get a basic idea of where we're going to go. There is a plan. There is a plan. (laughs) But Matt Matt and Nathan actually came in while I was running a little late this morning and they kind of planned it out. So... I'm. I only know the barest threads of how we're going to do this today. So, listener, I'll I'll be coming along with you on a uh, this section of the text. It seems that so, I have the uh, spiritual gift of asking absurd questions at times. I so, think I think Matt is. Uh, I, I go back to. I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast or not. They think that I haven't. So, if I have, bear with me as I repeat an illustrative story. In college, I was taking a class and I had an assignment uh, to worship outside of my default context. Uh, so, you know, I grew up in the, the, a Baptist church. So I had to go to like a Methodist church, Episcopal church, Catholic, and and sit through their worship and just kind of observe and then talk with uh, whether it's the priest or the the pastor. Or I, I went to one setting and, and attended a Jewish service and got to talk with a rabbi. Um and I just, you know, got to ask questions, interview for this assignment. And uh, after sitting through the Jewish work, worship, I asked the rabbi, um, essentially, you know, other than views on Jesus, what separates Christians and Jews? Like, how do, how do we approach this differently? And I love what he said. Um, he said, Christians approach their scriptures for answers. He said, Jews, this is his words, not mine. He said, Jews approach our scriptures for questions. Hmm. Um, And, you know, a lot of time when we look at how the scriptures have been interpreted, one of the things that we do is we consult how Jews and Christians have interpreted uh, the scriptures over uh, the years. A lot of times Christian interpretation is building on what's there uh, that, you know, they're building from the text 
and Jewish interpretation is a lot of times speculating between the text. Uh, they're, they're speculating what's left out on purpose. You know, uh, how do you fill these narrative gaps? What's not, what's the importance of what's not said? And yeah, so uh, the, the white space is important. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of that joke. I got my hair highlighted because I thought some strands were more important than others. Um, yeah, <laughs> e- e- even even the unhighlighted strands serve serve a purpose in that. And and today is one of those type of episodes, I would say. So Matt, you alluded to you ask you ask questions that some don't think to ask. So I got to. Well, I not always. Ask. Yeah, not always, but sometimes. Um, and you know, sometimes, uh, the questions are just unanswerable and maybe they're not even questions that should be asked, you know, that, that whole thing, like, uh, you know, there's no such thing as, you know, a bad question. Well, maybe not, but some are definitely better than others, but uh, I bet whoever said that was never an educator and they they were not a philosophy professor (laughs) because, uh, I had a philosophy professor in seminary who said, uh, p- people say there's no such thing as a stupid, uh, stupid question, and that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh gosh! Well, I uh, I was trying to put myself in the text because that's one of the things I love about reading narrative, whether it be Old Testament, New Testament. Is when I was a kid, I had this thing called a picture Bible, and it was put together like a comic book. Now there's many different things like that now but this was if i remember correctly kind of one of the first of its kind i can't remember the publisher but it it helped me think of the bible in pictures and i would often imagine myself in the story so sometimes it's it's just kind of like um when you're watching a movie and you're imagining yourself there you're reading a book and you're imagining yourself there and you're trying to decide hey you know, what should I do? Um, Or what would I do if I were in this situation? The question I had is, why is Lot's wife looking back? Like, Lot, and also not only that, why is Lot hesitating to leave? Um, Now, we talked about, you know, he wanted to bring his neighbors, and I definitely think that that's there. But, you know, the city is conceivably going up in flames behind them. What could possibly and conceivably be of value? Now, the traditional answer is that Lot's Lot's wife just, you know, loved her home or she loved her house or well, yeah, I mean, you have, she was you, from you have, there. Yeah. yeah, you have Jewish sources saying she's from there. That's everything she knows. Right. So maybe maybe that's there. You know, it's like that uh, the closing... Uh, uh, the closing uh, scene there of uh, Gone with the Wind, where uh, Scarlet is, is it Tara, Tara, the, the name of the farm, you know? Tara, it's or, the, the, the Vivian Lee's southern accent is so thick, it's hard to know if it should be Tara or Tara. 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 I think yeah. it's Tara. I think she says Tara, but I, <laughs> right. I'm not, I, I can't comment with certainty. So is this, is this Lot's, uh, is this Lot's uh, moment where, you know, he's having this, uh, listen, I've got to go. And he's out the door and she's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm here. I'm not leaving the farm. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> there is no tomorrow is another day when there is no tomorrow for Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. That's right. Mm. But then when you ask the question, uh, Gandalf, I have a question. How many okay. daughters does Lot have? Two. 
Is that is this a trick? Are you trying to trick me here? Too well. Well, no. This this, this this feels like the bad setup of that old joke where like the comedian gets up and talks about himself and he says, "I have one wife and two kids that I know about." You know, I, this yeah. feels, it feels like that's what you're doing. <laughs> right. Well, so I'm not endorsing so text, that joke. By the way, I'm just saying that's what right. you're reminded of. So the text would like we only read about two, or do we? So well, verse eight, verse eight, it says, behold, I have two daughter. I behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man oh. unless, unless you're going to say that he goes to sons-in-law and those are other daughters. Is that what, is that what's so going yeah, on it's, here? it's, 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 it's the question of, um, so, okay. So just stating it explicitly, some have read into the space and, and there's, there's a vein of Jewish interpretation uh, in Midrashic sources uh, that that suggests that maybe Lot had more than two daughters. So four is a number that comes up. And and reading it that way, and this, Matt, I had no idea about this until Matt brought it up to me. So throw your stones at Matt, scandalous topics guy, not me. <laughs> um, but it says, behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Kind of the, the vein of that interpretation, Matt, correct me if I'm mispresenting it, is why why qualify if you only have two daughters, why qualify that these have not known any man? Does that make sense? Are these being distinguished from two other daughters who have? Now I mean, certainly you can read that more than one way. He Correct. he's trying to offer them in the place of uh of of you know the angelic visitors. And he said, Hey, th- these daughters haven't known a man that that's preferable to satisfy your lust. And again, we've already commented on all that, but the question is whether it's being used uh, to qualify uh, only two daughters or to distinguish these two daughters from perhaps two other daughters. And you have some who have read it as maybe he's got two other daughters who have known a man because potentially they're already married. So there is this line of thinking, and we read about it in the New Testament, that in Middle Eastern culture, to be betrothed, you are already considered legally married. Um, and some would say, and that's the traditional understanding, is that when he goes, or well, I won't say, actually, I won't say traditional understanding, because we're going to look at some of the translations that kind of make a distinction here. Yeah, but I, it, was surpri- least- I was I had not paid attention to this. I'm surprised how divided English translations are on this right and yeah it's the the more modern ones tend to lean into two daughters but anyway getting back at this those who would point out and say well hey he goes to his sons-in-law you know ones who have taken his daughters okay but the problem with that is this if these daughters are betrothed to the sons-in-law that means they're already legally married and that Lot would be offering his married daughters to these to men. The men of the city. Yeah. The, the emphasis seems to be on, hey, these these women don't belong to anyone. Um, and, and then also when you look at verse number 12, then the men, this is the angels, said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out. And Nathan, there's one more other thing. And yeah, this this is where I was going to go. Is you know, I, when you when you got into talking to me, because Matt like Matt had his his case mounted before we discussed. He's like something I've been thinking about. Um, 
And, uh, you know, he, he even broke down the English translations. These go this way. These go this way. And I was like, yeah, but what did the, he- what does the Hebrew say? Um, and the Hebrew doesn't really give you anything to work with, but, uh, it's been a while since we've talked about our good buddy, the Septuagint, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, l- before, before you read that, let me just, since we mentioned the NKJV and the KJV, let me read that real quick. So that's on the brain before you say what you're going to say. Okay. Um, so when he's talking uh, to um, the angels, okay, it says in verse 15, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. Do you hear it, Gandalf? Daughters who are here. That's a weird distinction. Right. Yeah. Arise, take your you, wife you, and you your would, two daughters who you would are almost, here. When you hear who are here, you almost suggest that there's the possibility of having other daughters elsewhere. Right. Is that fair? Right. So it, now, yeah. now, with that on the brain, knowing that there is an English translation that does that. Yeah. Where, where is the English, about the Hebrew and the Greek. Yeah. Where is the English translating getting that from? I don't really get that from the Hebrew. Uh, and... Mm-hmm. You check your Hebrew text. Tell me if I'm misreading it. But in the Septuagint, again, this Greek translation of the Hebrew that predates the New Testament by a couple of centuries, it's interesting because it says, uh, rise, take your wife and your two daughters, comma, whom you have, comma, and go out. I think that's where they're getting it from, the whom you have. Uh, as if, as in whom you have with you. Uh, okay, let me and read if, the and KJV. If you, have, if you have your wife and two daughters with you, suggests possibly or allows that interpretive that what Matt called the white space, suggesting he might have other daughters who are not with him, who he doesn't have in his, uh, not not possession, but in his proximity. Man, I just I just read this in concert with verse 16. Let me read the KJV to you, Gandalf. Okay. All right. And when the morning ro- arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, like it immediately moves into, and he did not want to leave. The ESV says, Oh, actually. The ESV says who are here, too. Yeah. Oh, As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So my question is, is what would cause a dad to linger? Yeah. Uh, and when we originally read this text, we, we speculated that he was still trying to save people in the city, right? Hmm. Well, that may not be wrong. We just may not have had the full scope of those who he's hoping to save. I, yeah, I was I was imagining like random neighbors or, and things like that. I was, and that, it that adds a there new may dimension. Be, there may be something to that. I will say this as a pastor from pastoral experience. Uh, I think through the years, the most overwhelming burden that I have ever seen amongst the people of God is a parent concerned about the soul of their child. Amen. That's 
It is. Uh, I, Man, I, I, I would say a spouse, a spouse concerned about the salvation of their spouse, or a parent concerned about the salvation of their kids. That that mm-hmm. is huge. Like that is that is the man. I can't tell you how often that comes up. Oh, it comes up all the time, and it's it's always very heavy and very serious and uh, and important. Understandably well, I, this is so. you know I, I I talked about this Sunday, um, and I, I, I not mean I hope this doesn't take up too much time in the. But I talked about this Sunday, Matt. Matt, we discussed this. Pastors get a lot asked a lot of heaven questions. And mm-hmm. when when those are in the abstract, heaven is often hoped for as the perfect version of an earthly experience. So, like, if you like mm-hmm. to eat, then heaven is an all-you-can-eat buffet, but without the germs and none of the food is Crisco. It's all gourmet, right? And uh, the air I mean, says, tastes like Skittles. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I mean, it's just... <laughs> It's it's the perfect version of that, and the calories don't count. You know, there's no more right. moment on the lips, lifetime on the hips. Um, right there uh, for, for Nathan. For Nathan, heaven is a switch that never runs out of battery. <laughs> <laughs> too mean. Uh, too mean. Nerd line. Uh, yeah. The uh, yeah for hunters. Uh, hey, is heaven a place where you get trophy game and you never miss? But then there's right. this whole other vein of heaven questions, and it's usually the ones that you answer. Uh, in sanctuaries and at funeral homes when you're doing a memorial service and it's it's hey it's those are all about being reunited with god and your loved ones and i made Mm. the observation sunday i have never i have never done and i've done about 200 funerals at this point which is way more than i would have thought i would have done at this point I've never done a funeral and at a funeral when death was a real tangible thing that was being processed, answered the first type of heaven question at a funeral. Right. It's, it's always the people over the things. Right. And the hobbies that matters when death is a real prospect. And so, uh, you know, we're not just trying to speculate in a weird space that there there's, there's, you know, evidence in the history of interpretation for it. I still think it's not the most organic reading of the text, but it is. I, w- I would put it not in the probable category, but I would put it in the plausible category. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. You know, um, but but there uh, there is also, you know, it may seem harsh to you or me or any of us. Gosh, God is asking these parents to leave their children behind. God would never say anything like that now, would he, Nathan? Yeah, until you get to the New Testament, right? Uh, right. Uh, and, and then it's not then it's not the big mean God of the Old Testament. It's gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Uh, right. When you when you get to you know Luke, uh, and this is significant because it's in Luke seventeen that they say, "Hey, remember Lot's wife. Don't turn back." Right. right? Just a mm-hmm. few chapters before that. In Luke 14, let me uh, head there real quick. Um, the cost of discipleship. Yeah. Uh, in Luke 14, 25, following, 25 and 26. Yeah, it says, now the great crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And what's so interesting, this doesn't. I don't want to put weight on this, but it is interesting that this is in the same small passage, right? Yeah. Go ahead and uh, say it. Um, 
<laughs> I can't get over this. He goes from talking about choosing him over relatives. Whoever does not bear, uh, bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower? That sounds like language that points us back to Genesis. Uh, does not first sit down and count the costs, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man to begin to build what he was not able to finish. Or the king going out to encounter another king in war. Man, that reminds me of Genesis 14. Will not sit down first and deliberately whether he is able to... Uh, with 10,000 to meet him uh, who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And what is the very next thing he goes to talking about? Do you have it in front of you, Gandalf? I don't. It's, well, I don't. well <laughs> okay. salt I'm, is salt. good. <laughs> he goes to talking salt about salt. Salt is good, but if salt uh, loses its taste, yeah, I'll show it saltiness. Uh, and oh story. boy, isn't yeah. that weird? So yeah, I, and I don't. Uh, let me just state overtly: I don't think that that's meant to be a, a Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's wife connection. But it's so neat that you have you have something that very plausible, exp- uh, very plausibly explains why she keeps looking back. It's possibly not just her possessions. It's possibly not just the place where she was born, her home culture. It's possibly even, you know, even if it's not her kids, she does have other family there, even and, in the broader interpretive tradition. But maybe she's even got kids there. Um, and whether or not she's from there, though, because we don't know that for sure. Oh, yeah, that's not uh, that's not in the Bible. That's from speculation outside the Bible. Yeah. But it's not just it's she turned back, but Lot lingered. Like, what could possibly, if you know everything is about to come to an end, Lot knows the moment he steps out, it's over. So he lingers. And in fact, don't the angels say this for I'm not allowed, we're not allowed to do anything until you're gone. He's leaving behind potentially, certainly his neighbors. Lot is the lifeboat. (laughs) Yeah, man. He he is he is the lifeboat. Oh my goodness! And then just as a parent, just like the, just the lingering, and even if you take that he just has two daughters, presumably if the sons-in-law are the ones betrothed to his daughters, even though we've already talked how that's problematic, I'm sure he loves them. Like oh yeah, so. But it seems take your two daughters who are here. It's kind of like. Lot, look right here. This is this is your family who's coming with you. You you must go and you must escape. Wow. I I, I don't know. That's disturbing as a parent. That's that that adds an entirely new element when you read with that possibility in mind. Like when mm. you read her looking back. Yeah. 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 So yeah, why why is he lingering? Why why is she looking back? That that could there could be children, grandchildren, like there could be a whole other deal to this. And there's one other detail. I thought Nathan was going to bring it up, but why is it that when Father Abraham was negotiating and praying and intercessing? Yeah, uh, he asked for ten. He asked he for ten. Asked he asked for, for ten. ten. <laughs> that's a, that's enough stops. to cover everybody. And he stops. Yeah, why not push it down to five? 
Or four. Or four. Or three. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. God, God was clearly willing to give it to him. May, maybe, walk, it, walk it down. Maybe Abraham thought he had gotten to the, the number because he's yeah. thinking. Well, that's, yeah, that's, I, was, I was talking with our worship pastor and he said he heard a sermon. I don't know if it was growing up or adult years uh, where the pastor, I hope I'm not butchering this, where the pastor talked about Lot lingering and uh, he, he kind of hit the same vein of understanding um, and said, you know, that would have given Lot 10, but he couldn't find him. Uh, couldn't get mm. 10 to go. Uh, in other words, had, if you couldn't get 10 to go with you, there weren't 10 to stay to save the city, was, yeah. I think, the point. Uh, but uh, that's interesting. honestly something I've never, as as a guy who tries to consider a whole lot about interpreting biblical text, it's something I'd honestly never considered. Um, by the way, well, I, I love uh, this episode started with Matt. Uh, saying, hey, Nathan, have you ever thought about this? And you want to talk about a surefire uh, formula for Matt to be disappointed. If Matt says, <laughs> Nathan, have you ever thought about this? Uh, the answer is almost certainly no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, so it turns out that you, know, wah, you, wah, have Father, you have Father Abraham, and now it turns out like Father Lot that there may be more to this story, uh, you know, than we thought. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Father, Father Abraham, Abraham had many, had many, many sons, sons, and we have no idea how many daughters Lot had. <laughs> who, who knows how many <laughs> Father Lot had? <laughs> yeah, that's Uncle right. Lot had several daughters. <laughs> oh, gosh. Only that's two good. of several them daughters. made the escape. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is Thank you, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, yeah. So now, also, does this potentially provide some extra explanatory power to the burden that these young daughters of Lot, who were still virgins, feeling the pressure for their father's name to not be wiped out, because potentially their father's namesake. He left Just other got kids behind. Out. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, mm, that's 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 a fair question. And also, when you think about, so we read, and again, later, even even you know, even back in verse twelve, have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons? Uh, yeah. Uh, is there other family left behind? Uh, right. That's that's is, tough to yeah. Consider. Are there? Are there sons in the city? Um, mm. It's like that, that, you know, we read that and, and it's like, wow, you think the angels would be a little more informed about what's going on in Lot's <laughs> life. Understand um, the assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, the angels, the angels gave him the go ahead for just anybody. He's like, anyone you get with you, they'll be saved. Right. I mean, so. Right. You know. They gave him a blanket there. Well, just re also remember if if thinking maybe a little more symbolically that you have Zephaniah that we talked about last week in associating salt with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah's destruction. The salt was there, um, and here Lot's wife becomes salt. So even though fire did not rain down upon her, she shared in the judgment. Even though the fire didn't fall on her, she shared in the same judgment because she ultimately potentially chose her family over her God. 
And that, that's, that's for that's, that's for real there. That's sober. That's mm-hmm. sobering. And that's there's a there's a man in uh, at First Baptist um that wrote a poem about this. Um and it's a poem called We Must Love Jesus More. And he talks about how much he loves his family and his parents. He's a he's a retired minister and he gave it to me years ago. And I it just we must love Jesus more. And there are so many things that vie for our affection and our love in this life, including things that we're supposed to love, but we must love Jesus more. Mm. That's all I got for today. We're getting a little more heavy than what we normally do on this podcast. This is sober. This, this is sobering. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit heavy, but you know, what's not heavy. That's subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. <laughs> that hurt to do, but I had to do it. Yes. I, had, I had to get us out of this. That's a, that's a hard transition. <laughs> that's probably the, hard, the hardest segue I've done. Have you ever gone into a but, sales pitch that you knew was a sales pitch, but they let off like it wasn't a sales pitch, and then they made the hard yeah. transition to the sales pitch? Yeah. Because if you haven't, you just heard one. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. So, listener, if you're for whatever reason and you're on thir- minute 31 of this episode, all the way up to 98, and you have not subscribed, then please do that. Not only is it going to help you keep up to date and get notification every Tuesday morning when we release a little bit more of our discussions on the biblical narrative, it's also going to help others. Uh, get plugged into the podcast because that means you're telling the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. So if you believe that, go ahead and hit whatever that positive follow interaction is on your platform of choice, be that um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or whatever third-party platform you choose to listen on. That way you're always going to get a notification every Tuesday morning. And next week, we're going to be back and we're going to be discussing a little bit more. And I suspect, just reading from uh, chapter headings here, uh, it, we're getting a li- we're going back into uh, some pretty wild territory. Oh, here. scandalous, without a doubt. Uh, we we may have we may have left Sodom, but Sodom Sodom has not left us. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Mm. All right. Until then, we'll see you next week. See you next time. Shalom. There's a Gandalf who is not wise with his time and like on monday is trying to get the podcast out and is tempted to take shortcuts and just put whatever at the end and i'm reminding him i'm speaking to you now future gandalf don't do it just just find something else to put at the end